church. Happy Mother's Day. Are you mothers happy? <laughs> you will be if Dad takes you out for dinner, huh? I want to, um, before we get into worship, when we had prayer Wednesday night, a word from God came forth. And it's interesting, this word came forth a year or two through Micah. He got this word recompense. And then Paige at the end spoke the word recompense. And then Kathy gave the scripture. And so I was thinking about that word recompense, and it really, it fits for mothers, because <laughs> you deserve recompense. But I want to give to you, I'm going to take just a couple minutes to read this, because it's an encouraging word, and, and the Greek scholar Rick Renner, he, he defines this, and he gives the scripture, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. That word recompense is, is a word we don't use a lot. But he said, this word is used to tell us that God rewards or pays those who are faithful to the assignments that have been given them. This refutes the common misconception people have that if they serve God, they'll suffer loss or lack for the rest of their lives. These people think they do better in life by not serving God. God is mindful of the time, love, patience, and money you have invested. That sounds like mothers, doesn't it? (laughs) As you've worked for Him, Hebrews 6.10 states, God never overlooks or fails to remember what you've done for Him. If you've worked long hours on His behalf, if you've invested your personal energies into the work of His kingdom, if you've given 100% of your heart and soul to your assigned task, or if you've given sacrificially of your finances, God has never forgotten these things. That is why Hebrews 6.10 states, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward His name. Now, I'm not going to go more into that because he he did the Scripture again a a few weeks later. And and it's interesting, he, he gives the same Scripture again. It says, Cast not away your confidence. He says the word confidence is the Greek word parisia, which refers to bold, frank, forthright speech. This bold kind of speech is often translated in the New Testament as the word confidence. Indeed, it does depict a confident kind of speaking, a daring to speak exactly what one believes or thinks with no hesitation or intimidation. Because this kind of speech is so bold, it frequently incites a volatile reaction. He says, um, an example of this can be found in First Thessalonians where Paul writes, but even after we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel with much contention. Bold in our God to speak is the same word. Similarly, the word confidence used in Hebrews 10.35 also refers to a very bold, frank speech, communication that is so strong, listeners may, now listen, may perceive the speaker to be arrogant, haughty, or overconfident. So apparently the believers to whom Hebrews 10.35 was written were speaking something that was very bold and extraordinarily frank. What words were they speaking? They were speaking words of faith. Apparently, these Hebrew Christians have been speaking these words so long 
And they have been waiting and waiting for these faith-filled words to come to pass. After investing their lives, their time, their energy, their faith into their walk with God, they wanted to see some action. Does that sound like us? (laughs) Because their answers hadn't come yet, they were tempted to throw it all away as though the manifestation was never going to come to pass. That's why the verse screams at them, cast not away your confidence. God was saying to them, don't throw away your bold confessions of faith. Why did they need to hang on and continue believing and speaking words of faith? The verse tells us why. Because their confidence, their bold confession of faith had great recompense of reward. And now he gives a translation of the scripture and I'll read it to you. He says, I know what you've done to serve me. I'm aware of the time, energy, effort, work, and money you have spent to do the job I sent you to do. He's speaking to Harvest Church, by the way. Go ahead and tally up what is owed you and boldly declare that you will be reimbursed. I will see to it that you recoup everything that you spent along the way. You'll get everything that you spent that you've been declaring by faith. You may be tempted to feel like you've wasted years waiting for your calling or your dream to come to pass. The devil may try to beguile you into thinking your bold confessions of faith are mere fantasies that are never going to happen. But God's Word promises He will reward you for all you've sacrificed and invested along the way. He's heard every faith declaration you've made. And He will reward you and reimburse you for all the time, energy, commitment, and money you've given over the years. So, hold on, folks. It ain't over yet. We get the last say. God is faithful. Our God will reimburse us. Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. Father, we thank You for the wonderful word that you gave us recompense and we believe as we've been faithful all of us individually and corporately as a church body not only for just years but for decades (laughs) that Lord you will be faithful to watch over your word to perform it in the days ahead and you will reimburse your people Father so Lord we thank you that you're El Shaddai the God who's more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, our provider, we worship you and we come into your presence this morning with expectation in our hearts, expecting you, Holy Spirit, to manifest the wonderful presence of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Were the word the beginning, one with God the Lord Most High, hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you our cry. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. 
What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, they'll tore before you. They silence the boast of sin and grave. of your glory for you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you reign yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against What a powerful name is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus And we sing Jesus Sing Jesus, we sing Jesus, it's only Jesus, we sing Jesus, we sing Jesus.
It's only Jesus. Just the voices. And we sing Jesus. Only Jesus. We sing Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. That attitude and that boldness that Pastor Mike talked about, this next song, let's have some attitude. This is the time to shout, to celebrate. This is the time to get loud. This is the time to be bold, to be courageous. Let's have a spiritual attitude because this is the time. Amen? Amen. This is the time for singing. This is the time for dancing. This is the time for celebrating. This is the time for
our spiritual house. We worship the Most High God. We love you. We honor you. And we're so grateful, Holy Spirit, for your presence today. We're so thankful for the corporate anointing that's upon us in this hour. So we purpose, Lord, to draw near to you this morning. And Father, you promised to draw near to us. We express our love, our gratitude, all that you've done for us. All that you've done for these faithful families through the years. All you've done for this church. Lord, we're so honored and so grateful, Lord, to serve a wonderful, supernatural God like you. So express our love today through our praise and through our worship. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to minister a few people. Pastor Brad, I want you to come. There's an anointing here, and in the days ahead, that anointing is going to increase. And sometimes all you need to do is just soak up that anointing. Amen. Amen. Stand there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the anointing. That anointing, Lord God, destroys every yoke, every burden, every care. We thank you, Lord. We release the supernatural anointing of God and the peace of God. In the name of Jesus. Mm. 
or the enemy has caused you this way, that way, no more. But you stand strong in the Lord and in His grace. He's called you and He's equipped you. Your words are so vital. Your tongue is so vital in this hour. So choose your words carefully, for they're full of power. Speech with grace, seasoned with salt. A boldness and a confidence to come upon you. Don't allow the enemy to distract you in this hour. And pull you there and pull you here. Pull you everywhere. But you stand strong. Your house is built upon the rock. And it will withstand the storms. So no longer entertain lying accusations and thoughts for they're just spiritual darts. Cast down vain imaginations and everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And every day bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Know who you are in this hour. And you rise up, not in your strength, but in His power. So rest assured, your God is for you. And your faithfulness has prepared the ground all these years. So don't be distracted and look around. For the seed's been planted and it will grow and it will bear fruit. So you keep on speaking to the mountain and declaring and decreeing a thing. And it shall be established for you and light will shine upon your pathway. It shall be so in the name of Jesus. Now sometimes it comes across strong, but sometimes we need it that way. Amen. When there's a call on your life, you're out there and the enemy wants to distract you and pull you there and pull you here. You can't allow that. God's grace is sufficient so you hold your head on up high. Know who you are. Watch the words of your mouth. Watch the words of your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Speak life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Tony, come here a minute. Would you let us pray for you? Her son, is it Derek? What's her name? Heidi. Lost twins. When was this? Last... Yeah, so she hasn't been pregnant very long. I want a, a few mothers that have lost babies to come and get behind her. I know, Kathy, years ago, we lost one. Father, we pray for Derek and Heidi in the name of Jesus and for Tony. The comfort of the Holy Spirit the comfort and the peace of God upon all of them. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The joy will come again, 
in the name of Jesus. So put your trust in your Lord and Savior, Jesus. Father, we pray. I pray, Lord, for Derek and for Heidi. You know where they're at. I continue to thank you that you soften their hearts. Holy Spirit, minister comfort to them now. In the name of Jesus, and send godly labors across their path to encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. See these ladies behind you? You're not alone. Amen. That's what the body of Christ is for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, in the days ahead, as the Spirit of God moves, we want to give Him license to do whatever He wants to do. So, don't allow the enemy to come in there and think, well, God's moving, when's He going to preach, and when, I'm get, when am I getting out of here? That'll quench the Spirit of God. God can't move in an atmosphere like that. You stay hooked up. Your preacher's never been long-winded. I got no amens on that. Sit down. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Keep it short today. Yeah, oh, I'm thank you. Where is he? Ben. That's where I need my wife. Just stand by a second. This young man's graduating. Remember when you graduated? <laughs> As I was standing at my or sitting at my desk today, I got this scripture. And this is for you. It's for all, all of us, really. But I want to read it to you out of the message translation. It's from 1 Peter chapter 5. And it says this. It says, In you who are younger, you qualify, must follow your leaders. But all of you leaders and followers alike are to be down to earth with each other. For God has had it with the proud. But takes delight, and I like this, takes delight in just plain people. So be content with who you are and don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He's most careful with you. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with all Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. Suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, He does. Amen. So, Father, stand up. Extend your hands towards Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for this young man. He's the seed of a righteous man and woman. And so the Word proclaims the seed of a righteous man and woman is blessed. So we call Him blessed spiritually in the days ahead. Blessed physically, mentally, emotionally, every area of His life. And Lord, He's been faithful. He's been in this church... He's been faithful. So, Lord, I thank You for rewarding him for his faithful service. And, Lord God, close the doors that need to be closed and help him see the doors that are open for him in the days ahead. And I declare and decree that Ben Shaner will walk through those doors.
and fulfill His spiritual destiny in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. All right. Is that for me or him? No. Or one or the other. Amen. A couple of quick announcements before I share with you what God's God's word. Um, this Tuesday we'll have Patriots six o'clock. If you can make that, and then Wednesday night we'll have. Um, a short teaching and prayer, just like we did this last Wednesday night. So I encourage you, if you can't be, a, or I encourage you to be a part of that. Come and join us. It was really good last week. The Spirit of God moved, and it was just a Amen. authoritative, powerful time. So authoritative is that a right word? That's a correct word. Okay, sorry. And then, of course, Happy Mother's Day. I want to say that to you guys. So uh, turn with me to Malachi chapter three, verse ten. While you're doing that, I have one more announcement for you. Jesus Day is coming up. Does anybody remember what Jesus Day is? Amen. To me, it's my, maybe the most exciting day of the year. But we have an a, a outreach for our children. And we're going to do it. It won't be until the school year kicks back up next year. But we're going to get the invites out to the kids and kind of get the ball rolling. We've got some ideas on how to get those invites out. Uh, but you can at least mark your calendars. That's on August 26th of this coming year. We'll have a sign-up soon again, things like that, to give you an opportunity to get involved. We're going to need all hands on deck. We've got Pastor John Tesh coming back, and he is going to be kind of the, the lead man on that thing. So you know how excited he gets about kids. So I encourage you to mark that date down and get to be a part of that, because that's not something you want to miss out on, watching children's lives be changed forever. So... Malachi chapter 3, I should have been turning there and I wasn't. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. So a couple weeks ago we talked about God and why he wants us to bring the tithe in. So let's start in verse 8. Malachi 3 verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. You are, for you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And then he goes on into verse 10, and we're going to talk about why to bring the tithe in. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. There are only a handful of spots in Scripture where God will literally ask you to challenge him. Just try it. I, almost like I dare you to try this. There's a few other spots. It's in in regards to contending your case, stating your case, pleading your case before him, in regards to prayer. But here, he's talking about our money. Bringing the tithe back, giving God back the tithe. I'm not saying giving God the tithe, but bringing it back. It was his, it's always been his, it belongs to him. We are to bring that back. And when we do, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Give it a whirl, see what happens. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know, it wasn't ours to start with. It's his. And we are to bring it back. Right there is enough. If you borrow something from me, I expect you to bring it back. It was mine. It was never yours. Right? Now, when you bring it back, am I going to reward you? No. You borrowed it. It was mine. I mean, you... 
Good thing you brought it back. I might have not rewarded you if you didn't bring it back. But when we give something back to someone else's, we don't stand there and go, okay, what are you going to give me? I brought it back. But that's not God. God's always above and beyond, and that's what he does. He's going to open the windows of heaven. So the windows of heaven, bringing that tithe back, opens that up, creates that avenue for blessing to come down. And Nate will probably take off with that on your offerings. That's where that kind of opens up the door for that. But he goes on to say in verse 11, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You ever heard of tithers' rights? These are tithers' rights right here. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I used to teach tithes and offerings a lot with the kids. And what I did one time to kind of give you an idea about rebuking the devourer for your sakes. Can you rebuke the devourer yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You have authority over the Satan. Do you know exactly what Satan's planning, what he's got up his sleeve, and the attacks that he might try to onslaught against you? No. Do you think God does? So who might be more effective at rebuking the devourer for our sakes? To me, that right there alone is a wonderful blessing from God to have him on top of it. And, and we can stand on that as tithers' rights. But for, anyway, so for the youth one time, I brought in a raccoon that I had trapped, a raccoon. Wild raccoon in a tr- cage, and I brought it in, and he was standing here. And, of course, that raccoon was not real happy. He wasn't excited to be at church like maybe we are. wasn't exactly his comfortable atmosphere. And I talked about, you know, what if I let it go? What if I didn't keep this thing held and caged back. I didn't rebuke it and hold it back like God is promising to do in our lives. You never know what might happen. He might crap on the floor, ruin the carpet. Now you've got to get new carpet. He might go up and chew on a chair or tear a hole in the wall, and now you've got repairs and expenses there. Might bite you on the leg. Might give you rabies. Might kill you. You really don't know what a coon is going to do inside of a place like this or in maybe in your home or wherever it might be. So it's not a good idea to loose that and allow that access in our lives. And so bringing the tithe in is like trapping that, holding that back, not allowing access in your life. That's just one of the wonderful blessings that God has. But in my opinion, that's one of the best. I mean, who better to have rebuking the devourer for your sake than God himself? Amen. So if you have your tithes and offerings today, the ushers will go around, collect that, and receive that. As we talked, please fill out those envelopes. At least get your name on there. And we can keep you an accurate record because we all might as well take advantage of a tax write-off and get back something from the government because they do their fair share of taking from us. So... Amen.
morning before service took me aside and he said, I just want you to know I've really been distracted. I said, well, so have I. That's what the enemy does. He, he, he distracts you. Whether it's your health, whether it's your business, whether it's your family, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is, he'll try to distract you. And that's in this hour why it's so important to stay focused on Jesus Christ. It's so important these days ahead that we, that we come to the house of God and we develop godly relationships that will help us and strengthen us in the days ahead. Now, some of you might be, might be new to this type of church, and, but you need to understand something. God manifests His power in this place. Especially when people are hungry and not distracted. God is real. He's, you can, I, I don't like to use the word feel, but there's a tangible anointing. What have we been ministering on? The anointing. It's, it's the presence of God. So don't take that lightly. Don't take the presence of God for granted, people. Lose the care. Lose the distractions before you come into this place. And begin to open up your heart. Begin to worship Him. Are you getting it? Are you really getting it? Amen. Look in your Bibles to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. I'm going to forego the review and all that. I'm big on review because I think sometimes we forget what happened. I can go one, from one room to the next and forget, let alone a week. But we're on the anointing. And in Psalm 92, when I was a young preacher, just out of Bible school and, and hadn't been in the ministry very long, this, this psalm, and it's attributed to David just really ministered to me. And so today we're going to take this, and we're going to read this and, and apply these. There's seven things here. But let me give you the spiritual truth here, first of all. The anointing will cause us to flourish three ways. Say three ways. It will help us commit to be where God wants us to be. It will help you and I commit to be where God wants us to be. Number two, it will equip us to do what God has called us to do. And number three, it, the anointing will help reveal the truth. For we have the anointing of God that abides within us, and that anointing teaches us all things. That anointing is truth and no lie, even as it hath taught us, we shall abide in Him. It's the anointing in these last days that will help us Stay away and, and not get involved with, with, uh, in, in being deceived by the lies of the enemy. So let me read this. This, is, I believe, is, is a psalm of David. And David is probably, his name is mentioned just as much as Jesus. If you look in the Bible. David was a very anointed man. 
First of all, he was anointed as a king. Second of all, he was anointed as a prophet. Third of all, he was a psalmist. And Scripture, you can look it up, he was called the anointed psalmist. So he understood the presence of God. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Amen? He loved the presence of God. And you know what I like about David? He was real. He missed it, just like you and I. He sinned, just like you and I. But he was faithful to the end. Now, seven things the anointing will do for you. Let's, in Psalm 92, let's first look at verse 10. It says, But my horn are strength. You have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with what? Fresh oil. We've talked about that. My eye has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. How many of you feel old today? Well, don't quit bearing fruit. Even though you put the wrong shoes on. Don't quit bearing fruit. It's an inside joke. If you want to know what it is, go see Brian after church. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in Him. Seven things that that the anointing will do for you. Number one, it will help us see. Say, it will help me see. It will clarify the vision that God has given you. In Psalm 92, verse 10, it says, My eye has also seen my desire on my enemies. Proverbs 29:18 says, Where there's no prophetic vision, the people perish. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2, you can just, I think these are all down and you can look them up later. Let me just, for the sake of time, read it. It says, Habakkuk 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the what? Vision, and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. See how important a vision is? But a vision requires patience. When God gives His people a vision, a a plan, a strategy, sometimes it takes years for it to come to fruition. And I like this, it says, but at the end it will speak. It doesn't say the vision will speak at the beginning, does it? It says it will speak at the end. Guess what? We're in the end. We're in the end as far as the whole scheme of things. So things are going to start speeding up. Revelation's going to start flowing. The anointing is going to increase. I believe that with all my heart. And that's why the anointing is so helpful. It will help us see. It will speak at the end, not the beginning. The anointing will help you discern God's plan and purpose for your life. But you and I have a responsibility to wait for it. Oh, I got news for you. Newsflash. I've been waiting decades. And I haven't thrown in the towel. 
I haven't quit doesn't mean I've hit a few speed bumps and tripped and fall, fell. But it means I get back up. God can only use people that will get back up. Because mo- there's a lot of Christians today, they're wallowing in there <laughs> on the floor, crying and weeping, Oh God, why me, why me? Get up! Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Fulfill the vision God has put in your heart or help the preacher fulfill, to fulfill the vision he's, God's put in his heart. But quit whining and quit complaining. That is not going to help God move in your circumstances. It is impossible to please God without faith. So that's what, it's so important, it'll help us see. Number two, the anointing will open your ears to hear God's voice. Psalm 92, 11. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise against me. So it'll not only help you see clearly, the anointing will help you hear. John 10, 3 says, To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So the anointing will help us hear. Amen. Have you ever had your ears clogged? One time I went to the doctor years ago, and it was just completely plugged with wax. And he got this syringe, and he came, oh, Dr. Birch, and he shoved that thing into my ear, and you wouldn't believe what came out of it. And you know what? I felt set free. I could hear again. Amen? But God wants us to hear His voice. I've got a book, and I know Zach has one. I don't know how many people have this book. It's an old one. It's been around for many, many years. And it talks about voices. When the Lord speaks, the following is evident. An inward knowing. A peace, a trusting, a confidence, and an assurance. It, when, the, when God speaks, it will agree with what? His Word. There will be confirmation when God speaks. When God speaks, it will always you know, exalt the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it will bring clarity. Now, when the devil speaks, or an evil spirit speaks, listen to this, there will be doubt, fear, and discomfort. That's when the devil speaks. Doubt, fear, and discomfort. Say it. Doubt, fear, and discomfort. There'll be conflict. There'll be restlessness. There'll be no peace. There'll be questioning. When you start to question and wonder about everything, that's not God. There'll be a lack of clarity. There'll be confusion. There'll be a negation of the Lord's commands. The Lordship of Christ is denied. There'll be condemnation, guilt, and discouragement. Did the light bulb go on? If you're dealing with any of this right now, it's not God. It's Satan. Number three, when the flesh speaks, there'll be hesitation. There'll be deception. There'll be double-mindedness. Do I need to go into that? One day up, one day down. One day up, one day down. Is that you, God? I don't know. And there'll be unregenerate desires. 
So we've got to learn to, to, and, and allow God, by the Spirit of God and the anointing of God, to help us see and help us hear. Number three. I'm going fast. The anointing will help you navigate through dry seasons. Verse 12 in Psalm 92, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. I remember years ago, I, I looked up and researched the palm tree. It has deep roots. Say deep roots. It has deep roots that can find water in desert places. It can grow to 70 feet tall, and after eight, eight years, it will yield about 100 pounds of dates. Not right away, after about eight years. Some of us as believers, we, want, you know, we need to pray our prayer and then expect a half an hour later for God to come through. It doesn't always work that way. The branches of a palm tree symbolize victory. What did they lay down when Jesus entered Jerusalem? And its wood is used in a variety of uses. I want to read to you, and you don't need to turn there, in Jeremiah chapter 17. This is, falls in line with, with Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. But Jeremiah 17, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted. Say, be like a tree planted. Where? By the waters which spreads out its roots by the river will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green. It will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit. You can bear fruit. I can bear fruit even in dry seasons. Why? Because we're hooked up to the branch or the tree. We're the branch. And that life is flowing through the tree into us, and we're bearing fruit. Okay? So, the anointing will help you navigate through dry seasons. Number four, the anointing will help you live a long life. Say, long life. Back in Psalm 92, He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Here we got another tree. This is the cedar tree. Cedars have a very long life. They can grow over 100 feet tall with a trunk circumference of over 40 to 50 feet. That's a big tree. Think, you know, like the red ones in California. I've always wanted to go there and see them. They're huge. You can drive a car right through them. Its wood is rot-resistant, not free, and ideal for building. So the anointing will help you and I live a long life like a cedar tree. God, the enemy wants to take us out, doesn't he? God's will for us that we live a long life productive life. With long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. With long life I shall satisfy you. So if you're not satisfied, what do you need to do? Keep living. Keep living. There are principles set forth in God's Word that if they are obeyed, they will bring length of days, riches, and honor. Here's some scriptures. Let your heart keep His commandments. Find wisdom, develop humility, gain the favor or the fear of the Lord. So those are things you and I can do as believers that will help ensure long life. Say, it's God's will that I live a long life. Number five, the anointing will cause you to flourish in the house of the Lord if you stay planted. Now, when I was a young, 31, 2, 3 years old, I got a revelation of this. In fact, I read a book 
another minister had written, and he had written this on Psalm 92, and I got this book and read it, and I thought, I already got this revelation. How important it is for you and I to get planted. Now, she just planted the garden. She plants. I plow. I don't even weed. I just plow the ground. She loves the garden. And she put her plants out. I think it's doing pretty well. Well, what if she walked out this noon when we went home and thought, there's no zucchini yet. There's no cucumbers. There's no tomatoes. There's not enough spinach. I'm just going to yank it all up. What's going to happen? There won't be any produce from the garden. And see, that's what happens spiritually. And, and you've got to get revelation of this. And this is something that you and I, not just me, but you're going to have to help these new people that come into church that have never committed to anything in their life. They grew up, their parents, their grandparents weren't committed to God and to the church. And yeah, they get saved, they get filled with the Spirit of God, and they're on fire for God, but you and I are going to have to communicate to them how important it is to get planted in the house of the Lord. That's better preaching than your amen it. You cannot bear fruit going to church one week, skip two weeks, three weeks, and then come back. It ain't going to happen. There'll be no fruit. And you'll be no good to the body of Christ. You'll just be spiritual baggage to the church. If you're not committed... If you're not planted in the house of God. Say, getting planted is the will of God for my life. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord still will flourish in the courts of their God. The anointing will help the believer flourish three ways. Number one, it will help you stay committed to where God wants you to be. That was our spiritual truth earlier. It will help you stay committed. Say, say it with me. Stay committed. I want to pastor committed people. I want to pastor committed people. I want to be known as a shepherd that pastors committed people, not flaky people. Uncommitted people. Number two, it'll equip you to do what God's called you to do. You have gifts here. Everyone in this room has gifts, but you'll never discover them unless you get planted. You'll never know what your gifts are. How can God reveal your gifts if you're just moving here and moving there and come? No, you you've got to get planted. If you get anything out of this message, get these two words. Say it with me. Get planted. Say, is he always that worked out? Oh, sometimes. When I know it's the truth. And number three, it'll reveal the truth so you won't believe the lie. You can't. You'll be deceived if you don't get planted.
you'll be deceived. In the, listen, folks, in these days, if you're not planted and hooked up in the local church, and more importantly, I, number one is priorities. Hooked up, planted in the Word. I get that. But I, 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 it's not... God... It, yeah, I just get, you know, discombobled with people that don't get planted. I just want to take them and shake them. Get planted. I want you to bear fruit. I want your gifts to function. I don't want you to be deceived. Get planted. Say, I'm planted. Many believers never bear fruit because they run from commitment. The blessings of God come to those who stay planted in the local church. And I got a news flash for you. If you've been faithful to this church and to these pastors, better get ready. If you're new to the church, get planted and get ready. You are who you hang around. You can hang around losers or you can hang around winners. You can hang around people that don't bear fruit or you can hang around people that do bear fruit. She just worked up on Mother's Day. What's going to be like on Father's Day? Hundredfold. No. All right. One more and we're done. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in Him. The anointing will help you bear fruit in old age. A few years ago, Kathy and I were thinking about retiring. Dr. Kant came. We sat down. We were trying to work out what are we going to do with the church? Who are we going to turn it over to? Nobody but us right now. Because I ain't retired. Because I haven't fulfilled, we haven't fulfilled the vision yet. We can't afford to retire. I don't even want to retire. But there are days my physical body says, why don't you retire? No. The anointing will help you bear fruit in old age. Give me, let me give you a few people. Abraham. Sarah. Caleb, Elizabeth, you know those folk? They're in the Bible. They were old, and they still produced. Mike Blank, you and I, we ain't done yet, are we? Uh-uh. The anointing will prosper you and I, so we will live longer and still bear fruit. Let's stand up today. See, my pastor, I know he really loves me because he cut the message short because it's Mother's Day. And we want to keep mamas happy. We want to keep fathers happy. Because if mama's not happy, daddy won't be happy. (laughs) What'd you get out of this today? Just a couple people. Stay planted. Bear fruit. 
Okay. Thank, thank you. Fresh anointing. Fresh and flourishing in the house of the Lord. Father, I speak a blessing this day over everyone that heard this message. Lord, I call their families blessed spiritually, physically, and financially. I declare and decree these are people who have made a quality decision to get planted in the house of the Lord. And so they shall, yes, still bear fruit in the days ahead, even in old age. Lord, open their eyes to see and their ears to hear in the name of Jesus as they purpose to draw near to You every day. Lord, speak to their hearts. Give them direction. Show them and reveal to them, Lord God, the vision, the plan, and the purpose for their lives individually and as a family. Father, I thank You, Lord, it's Your will we prosper. We be in health even as our soul prospers. So I declare, I pastor a people that are blessed. Experiencing increase, spiritual increase, financial increase in the name of Jesus. I pastor a people that are willing and obedient. Therefore, they shall eat the good of the land. They go out with joy and they're led forth with peace and your divine favor surrounds them as with the shield daily. Those that have businesses are blessed in the name of Jesus. Their businesses are experiencing financial increase and growth and you're giving them supernatural favor, Lord, with all of their customers. Those that work, Lord, have favor with all their employers in Jesus' name and they shall experience promotion in the days ahead in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank You. We're vessels of honor today, sanctified and useful for the Master, and prepared for every good work ahead. Your kingdom come, Your will be done in our lives. And all God's people said, Amen. I don't want to leave if you're sick in your body. Does anyone need prayer for your physical body? We're all good? Amen, amen. Well, anything else? Well, go take Mama out. And make her smile. Amen? God bless you. Thank you.